Hey, it's Thursday, March 14th, 2019. You're listening to me, Travis Partington, a.k.a. P-Dog, and that means it is time for Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on hoobazoo.com. All right, uh, this is a conventional, normal episode, podcast, on podcast now, they're not really episodes. And I'm going to start with the question of the week. But this time I have a question for you all. What do you all think about paracords? I'm thinking about getting into making paracords that are Oscar Mike radio themed with like a little inspirational badge or tag message with my logo on it. And some kind of silver and black color scheme. You know, we'll see silver, black, and white. Well, I don't know if white works. But my point is, I'm asking you all, one, what do you think about the idea of some OMR-themed paracord bracelets? And two, how would I go about making them? I've seen kits. I've seen YouTube clips. I've seen videos. Uh, Should I sell them? Would you buy one? Do you think the idea sucks? Do you think it's good? I don't know. It interests me as something new. I felt like, you know, if I can crochet blankets and use a crochet hook to make blankets, certainly I can get these big uh, digits of mine to make a paracord bracelet, which I think it's a pretty useful thing to have. You never know when you're going to need to tie something up or someone. <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to ask you all about it because I really don't know where to begin or what to do, but I thought it'd be cool. So if you have any suggestions or comments, first, hit that like button and subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and let me know on any of those platforms what you think. I might try to give it a shot on my own as a concept and see what happens. So... Again, let me know. Curious if you've done it before. And if you're in my area and want to meet up with me to show me the ropes, literally, I'd be more than happy to meet up with you, uh, podcast with you, and have some fun at the same time. We can make this uh, really work for us. So that is my question of the week. What does everyone think about paracords and making them? And uh, that's that. So now we're going to move on to the word section of the week. And in the military, the word is passed down from top to bottom, all around, horizontally and vertically, and it's no exception here. And for some weird reason, everybody, I got on this this kick to uh, watch The Sopranos again. I have no idea why. I've seen the episodes before. I thought some of them were pretty good. Some were kind of tedious. Um, I, I really didn't know what I thought about the whole Dr. Melfi, Tony Soprano relationship. I thought that was kind of like out there. I thought it was kind of good from a perspective that he has this mental weakness, hang up, whatever is bothering him. That he never really seems to kick. But... You know, I don't know. I just didn't know. 
But I'm, I'm watching the episode. It's snowing outside. It's cold. And it's the episode where Tony and Polly and Christopher go to Italy for the first time to talk about the stolen cars. And Polly's on the, the it's, it's the boardwalk and he's looking out into the Bay Area. And he says something to one of the Italian guys and the Italian guy tells some Italian that your plane cut our ski lift. And I started thinking, I'm like, oh my God, that's right. That happened when I was in, in the Marine Corps back in 1998. That did happen. I'm like, no way. So I looked it up and got myself reacquainted, which is why we're talking about this now. It's kind of a, a different kind of a story, but and, and not a good story. I'm not like exactly happy about this, um, but I, I did want to talk about it because there's this idea from the enlisted ranks, especially the uh, E4s and below, that officers never get punished. Officers never truly get uh, in trouble. Things are done to kind of smooth over things. And if there are problems, they're just quietly removed and they retire or resign their commission. You never really hear about an officer really screwing up bad. There was the guy from the Vermont Air National Guard who flew his F-16 down to D.C. to uh, take care of his girlfriend. Which, on one hand, I thought was pretty funny, pretty cool. On the other hand, a complete waste of government and taxpayer uh, resources. And not saying a good example either, but you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, what can I say? But anyway, anyway, what had happened is on February 3rd, 1998, I was still in Yuma, Arizona, a Marine EA-6B Prowler clipped a... Uh, ski lift cable and by doing that 20 people fell to their death and were killed upon impact and this seems kind of incredible until you consider that the, the ski tram the ski car was about 300 feet off the ground so somehow either with the wing or the the, the tail fin or whatever this aircraft snagged this cable and snapped the cable and these people in Italy plunged their death. According to according to the history.com article, which I'll have linked into the blog post, this was not the first time something like this happened. In 1976, 42 people were killed when a ski lift cable snapped and this time the car fell 700 feet. This incident back in 1998 was much closer, and everyone was killed. Now, I can think of a lot of ways to exit this thing called life, but I can't imagine you're, you're on holiday, as the Europeans say. You're going up the ski lift to the top of the mountain to ski down. It's a beautiful day. You're in Italy. You, you've enjoyed some espresso. Maybe you're thinking about the bottle of wine you're going to have later in a nice meal. And in a blink of an eye, it's all over with. And I remember this in 1998 when I heard about it and we talked about it because, of course, 
uh, Gunny and uh, Staff Sergeant, you know, want to tell us Marines, you know, the real story. According to everything that I remember back then is this plane was flying much lower than it needed to. And just let me back up here for a second. What is an EA-6B Prowler? The EA-6B Prowler is based off the A6 Intruder airframe. The A6 Intruder was primarily an attack aircraft designed to uh, take out you know, radar stations and anti-aircraft and artillery to uh, pave the way for ground sources and other bombers. So what they did primarily in Vietnam is they sent these aircraft out to take out the uh, you know, anti-aircraft guns, anti-aircraft missiles, airports where MiGs could launch from. These were designed to pave the way so the, the bigger bombers, the F-4s, the F-111s, and the B-52s could fly overhead without getting shot down so easily. It was a very, very tough aircraft. Uh, the A-6 variant had uh, a, a pilot and and, and and weapons officer, uh, dual engines, so if one engine went out, it could still make it back to base. Uh, it was just designed to take a pounding. It could fly in any kind of weather and get the mission done. And about, um, you know, in, in the 90s, late 80s, they started converting it to what's called an electronic warfare uh, airplane. So what would happen is if, if we were going into an area... They'd fly one of these up there to jam radio signals, radar signals, you know, futz around with electronic communications, anything. Uh, definitely a, a, a force multiplier when it came to that kind of thing. And the crew, you know, flew this thing. And uh, this happened. And the thing that kept coming back to me and a lot of us serving at that time was after all this was said and done, they were acquitted. They were found not guilty of manslaughter despite uh, the very real uh, procedure and protocol that stated that uh, the minimum altitude for flights was 2,000 feet. And there are guidelines for flight altitude to prevent this kind of thing. You're in an aircraft and you fly too low to the ground and hit your afterburners, you can start a fire, you can uh, rattle or break windows, you can you know, damage property, the list goes on and on. And it wasn't done, it, it was not done. So I always wondered, I always wondered why these officers got away with this. And the two captains, Captain Richard uh, J. Ashby and Captain Joseph uh, Schweitzer destroyed the videotape that recorded their flight before the investigation began. What they did is they claimed that their equipment malfunctioned and they did not know uh, what area they were in or the location of the ski lift. The Italians, I remember this clearly, the Italians kept saying that the American pilots were you know, hot-dogging it through uh, ravines and, and, and crevasses. They were routinely flying very, very low, you know, nap of the earth, high speed, like, like cowboys with complete disregard for the rules and regulations. And the Italians, being the Italians, wanted blood. 20 people were killed. But the thing was, at the end of all this, 
the captains were acquitted of manslaughter. They were not found guilty. Despite all the evidence to the contrary, they, they, they destroyed their, their flight quarter information. They flew well below the stipulated 2,000 feet. They flew too close to uh, civilian buildings. They operated their aircraft in an unsafe way. They were acquitted. Again, they were charged with involuntary manslaughter and negligent homicide, and they were acquitted. And all of us lower ranks were like, there you go. An officer can do anything, get away with it. And we just went about our way. And the story would end there. Uh, it's pretty much done and over with. It's still a, a, such a bad taste in people's mouths in that area of Italy. However, the officers did not get off scot-free. They were court-martialed again for obstruction of justice, for destroying the videotape, and then were dismissed, which is a nice way of saying, uh, booted out of the Marine Corps. Their careers being over, and highly unlikely that any, uh, you know, airline agency would ever hire them again. So on one hand, we never know what really happened because the evidence wasn't there. But if there are any practitioners of law out there at any level, even though there's an absence of evidence, wouldn't the fact that they tried to hide what they do clearly demonstrate to the court that, you know, they had done something wrong? If they, if they didn't have anything to worry about, if they had done no wrong, why would they have destroyed the videotape? Even though they blamed it on equipment malfunction, they admitted that they destroyed the videotape. So doesn't that in of itself tilt the scales of justice towards the idea possibly that you know there's enough guilt there? The other question I didn't get until I started looking at this, I never figured out, you know, back then why these Marines were not turned over to the Italian courts for, um, you know, this this trial review. And the, the article says that according to NATO rules, the U.S. has first right of refusal to claim jurisdiction over the case, which they did, and that's how they handled it. I can understand why they'd want to do that. You're trying to make this go away. You're trying to, you know, minimize any kind of blowback. It's bad enough as it is. Um, at the end of the day, uh, Bill Clinton had to apologize for uh, his country's actions. And then uh, in 1999, Congress first failed to approve compensation for the victims, and then Italy took it up and said, you know what, we're going to award $2 million per victim, and the U.S. was held responsible for 75% of the damages. So you take uh, 20 times $750,000, and that's how much the bill was for the U.S. And I, I know we hear about stuff in the news all the time about military people behaving badly. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying that we have all the answers. I'm not saying we do the right thing all the time. Again, at a very, very high level, I, I just looked at this 
and never have gotten a good answer. And I've read several different articles on this, the timeline of the case and what was done. But even with the UCMJ, I, I don't understand how uh, their actions did not rise to the level of at least, if not negligent homicide, at least involuntary manslaughter. How, how do they get acquitted for both of those things? Because on, a, on an aircraft, the altimeter will clearly show you that you're flying at you know 300 feet or 3,000 feet. It, it just will. I am not sure. And it's a sad story. It's, it's not a fun story. It's not a ha-ha story. People lost their lives. Civilians lost their lives in peacetime. Civilians lost their lives because of these two Marines' actions. And I just want to understand why not guilty. Where is the justice? I know the Marines. I'm a Marine. I know that they're Americans. I'm an American. But still, you know, if you drive a car somewhere over in a foreign country and you, you know, hit somebody else and kill them, you're probably going to be found guilty of something if it's not an accident, if you were like drunk driving or whatever. And, and these Marines were clearly not following protocol with regard to uh, flight altitude in, in that area. So look, if you can help me explain that, I'll have you on the podcast. If you want to just weigh in, weigh in on Facebook, send me an email, TravisOscarMikeRadio.com. Would love to hear from you and your thoughts about this. It happened a long time ago. A lot of people forgot about it. I just triggered my mind, you know, with that one little phrase by that Italian actor, you know, your plane hit our ski lift. Got to digging a little bit. And again, I've not found anything online. That's where the majority of my information came from for this as to why uh, the the captains were acquitted of uh, involuntary manslaughter or negligent homicide. I, I don't have an answer for that. So if you do, help me out with that. And thanks for listening. So I want to spend the rest of the podcast talking about some upcoming events on um, March 30th at 7 p.m. That's a Saturday. The uh, South Shore Veterans Assistance is having their monthly meat raffle at the Whitman Mass VFW at 7 p.m. And I'm going to try to be there and get in on the action. Maybe some uh, cuts of meat. We'll see. We'll see. Good time. That's a very, very good crew. Got to know them earlier uh, in the year and late last year and really like what they do. It is truly uh, local people helping local veterans. Love it, love it, love it. And then uh, one of my favorite orgs out there right now that I really like getting behind supporting uh, Wild Hearts Horses for Heroes on June 8th is having their Under the Stars and Stripe 10th anniversary party. 10 years. Congrats, Julie. It's their uh, benefit dinner and silent auction at the East Bridgewater Commercial Club, 6 to 10 p.m., and she's having some miniature horses there this year. Julie's an awesome lady, civilian, just with a desire to help veterans, and she has this equestrian program that helps veterans with PTSD and other problems. And when I watched her work with these veterans and heard their stories about how horses have helped them, it, uh, it it made me stop and consider a lot of things in life, and I, I want to get the word out there for. So check that out on Facebook, Wild Hearts Horses for Heroes. 
And last, this is a little bit further out, but I want to raise awareness. Uh, Project New Hope out of Worcester, May uh, 17th through 19th, is having a veterans wellness retreat at the Grottenwood Camp and Conference Center. You're going to want to go to the Facebook page and check out the event. Bill Moore has some good stuff being cooked up for veterans with regard to wellness. And a lot of veterans are getting into wellness in a lot of different ways, whether it's through yoga, meditation, uh, breathing uh, exercises, any number of things. Um, There's a lot more veterans looking to kind of get away from using alcohol and drugs as a coping mechanism and to really living their best life. And uh, this retreat will allow you to do that. And if I can't attend, I'll come up there and check it out. But um, you're going to want to uh, go over to the uh, Project uh, New Hope and check out that event on the Facebook page. If you talk to uh, CEO Bill Moore, tell him I sent you and we can all do something to live better. That is winding down to the end of 139. A lot of questions in this podcast. I think it's good to ask questions sometimes. I think it's good to look at past events to try to make sense of what's going on today. I know there's a lot of uh, angst and frustration out there, but in a way, this has been done before, and it will probably happen again. So I just... uh, Think about lives and opportunities lost and, you know, what is justice? So I am Travis. This is Oscar Mike Radio. You can find out more on OscarMikeRadio.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all places. If you have an idea, question, concern, or complaint, hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. And always looking for a story about someone who is supporting or being there for veterans. That is it for this podcast. I'm Travis and we're on the move.